Welcome to Landmark Worship Center's audio podcast. We hope that this message will inspire and encourage your life. So open your heart and mind and receive what God has for you today. Uh, we're going to go on to the first question here. And by the way, we do have some Bible studies here. Uh, a lot of these Bible studies I have taught, Brother, Brother Ayers have probably taught these too. Uh, some I haven't taught, which are the Spanish versions. Uh, I don't speak Spanish too well. Um, but uh, some of you know my extent of Spanish speaking. So, uh, But we would like for you to come up after the uh, session here today and look at these. And these are available through our uh, Word of Flame uh, publications at, at United Pentecostal Church, which is in St. Louis. You can go online and pull that up. First of all, um, the first question is, what curriculum should I use to teach a Bible study? Um, which really is right here. And this is not all of the Bible studies that are available. Uh, we'll let Brother Ayers uh, comment on some, maybe some that he's taught and what he likes the best. Because I know a lot of times you get some Bible study that you feel more comfortable with. So, um, I did I know whenever I first started teaching Bible studies, home Bible studies, um, there were three. You had three to choose from. Um, two of them were the, were the extended ones where you could, uh, it's, some of them were 10 lessons or 12 lessons, so that was the extended versions. The other one was the Into His Marvelous Light, and that was just, you know, one hour Bible study, um, which those were excellent. And they're still excellent. But since then, they've added a lot of other ones. Um, I've looked at some of the other ones. I haven't, I haven't taught any of the other ones. Those, these are the three that I've actually taught. Um, but in, to me, determining what Bible study you, you need to use to teach, that's going to be on a person-to-person basis. Uh, it depends on what you're comfortable with, number one. And it depends on what the need of the person is that you're going to be teaching the Bible study to. And so you'll have to basically kind of decide what Bible study you're wanting to teach based on those two things, what you're comfortable with. If you're not comfortable with the Bible study and you're trying to teach it, it's going to show. Mm-hmm. So it's, the important thing is that you're comfortable with teaching it and that it's going to meet the needs of the person that you're going to teach the Bible study to. Um, but there's, again, there's plenty. There's plenty of Bible studies that you can, you, you should be able to find one that you're going to be comfortable with is what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. Um, I've taught, uh, like I said, most of the Bible studies here too. Uh, some people are ready for the gospel right away. They're hungry for it. They're ready for it. And there are 30-minute Bible studies. I think there's an hour Bible studies. Yeah. Um, there are uh, some of these other Bible studies like Exploring God's Word and Search for Truth. It is good to have a chart or a visual for people to look at. It also, uh, it, it helps me to get to a point where I can just look at the chart. Um, we have a Bible 
in front of us always have a Bible with you when you're teaching Bible study, of course. That's the main source of what we're trying to teach. Um, but the thing about it is um, it's good to have the pictures in front of it. It gives you a visual, gives you an understanding. A big part of our learning is not just the hearing, it's but also the visual, uh, the visual of it. And uh, with this, it also helps me to just go through the charts. I know they do have teacher's manuals that you can study, and it would be beneficial to be able to study mm -hmm. the teacher's manual to get different pieces of information. But uh, if you, let me put it this way, if you um, just taught what the teacher's manual showed, you would be there for five hours <laughs> on one lesson. So, uh, and, and it is yep. important for us to be able to not uh, go too long on a Bible study, which is, goes into the next question. But the reason why I say this, I look at the chart and, I, and it's got scriptures on the chart. We take our Bibles, we open it up, we read the scripture because I want them to see the scripture firsthand that I'm not just saying something off the top of my head, this is what the Bible says. Right. It is the sole authority. So uh, it, it is able to help me to go through the charts and to be able to show them, and it keeps me on a good time frame. Which, like I said, goes to the next question, how long should a Bible study last, and how often should you teach one? Which, uh, this is very, very important in a, teaching a Bible study. Now, it could have two different thoughts here. How long should it last? In other words, how many lessons should you go? How many, how many sessions should you go in someone's home? Uh, that's where it is dependent on the Bible study and what you feel like the people are ready to be able to hear. Um, but let me, let me go to this thought, which is very, very important. How long should the Bible study last per lesson? Now, I realize our schedules are very busy. Uh, you can look at my calendar, my wife's calendar, your calendar. It's filling up, fills up very quickly. We've got a lot of things going in life, probably too much at times. Uh, but uh, people that we're teaching Bible studies to, their time is very valuable, just like our time is very valuable. So what I do is when I sit down to teach a lesson, I let the people know we're gonna go for one hour. And we're gonna stop at the one hour. I look at my watch, I time it. And as I'm going through, there are times that uh, the lesson, I might not completely finish the lesson. Sometimes I finish it early, before the hour. But here's what's critical, is when we get to the hour, we do need to stop. The reason is, is because, okay, how many have ever, and I'm not trying, it might be a bad comparison, I'm not trying to compare a, teaching a Bible study to someone, a salesman that come in your home trying to sell you windows. I've actually heard of customers that use a certain company, which Jeff knows, um, a company that pressures you into buying something, and I've heard customers tell me, I called you, because I had to deal with this company and I actually had to push them out the door because they wouldn't stop. And, but you can see how valuable it is. Conversations um, that we have 
we can go so long in a conversation that people can't wait to get away from us. Um, I'm not just talking about Bible stuff, I'm talking about anything. We, we could carry a conversation so long, we got something we've got to take care of, and the conversation goes so long that people um, don't want to come in our, in, in, in our presence because they know they're gonna, you're going to tie them up for a long time. So what I, the reason why I say that is we want people to be able to be excited about us coming back not dreading us coming back and then canceling the Bible study and not being able to get through the Bible study. Uh, I want to get it to a point where they know how long it's going to take, they know what to expect, and then when we get finished, we, sh we shut it down. And there's been times that I have told them we will cover the rest of this in the next lesson because sometimes the next lesson we might be able to condense it um, and then they know that when we come, we're going to be there for one hour. Now, if they begin to ask questions, it's on them at that point uh, because then they're interested and they want to know more information. So it's important for us to just keep it one hour. Look at your watch. This is what time it is. We're going to go for one hour. We're going to shut down one hour. Uh, very vital. Yeah. Um, on some of the... On some of the um the shorter lessons that you can teach, um, basically it'll take you an hour to teach the lesson. Um, it, it, now to me, if you're doing an extended study, um, that is a little more flexible, I think. And on those, what I tried to do in the, in the longer studies, would, I tried to teach, and I get long-winded, as you know, um, but I really tried to watch myself on that and, and go no longer than 30, maybe 35 minutes on the actual teaching part of it. And then we gave the rest of the time for them to ask questions. And then we would also have time just to talk. Mm -hmm. Because you're not only trying to teach them something, you're trying to build a relationship with them as well. And you want them to be comfortable. And if you can keep that within that one hour uh, time frame, then you're not robbing them of, of much of their time and you're not robbing yourself much of the time, but yet you still have time to teach them something about the Bible and you're also building a connection with them. You're showing an interest in them. Just, you know, just have some kind of, a, you know, maybe cookies or something and, and just sit around and, and then just talk. You don't have to talk about that if they're, if, if they're hungry to ask, and they ask questions, by all means, you know, entertain those questions. But... Um, so again, it's flexible. And you'll know also just by watching as you're teaching if they're getting bored. And if they come to the point where, where you're losing them, stop. Because you're just wasting their time and yours as well. And you can see that. And that's because some, it's not going to be the same every time. Because they may have gone through something that day that you scheduled this. And they come and their mind may not be there yet. And they're really, they, they committed to it and they're there, but they're not, they may not be there fully. And so if that's the case, then you're wasting your time in theirs too if you're trying to just teach them the lesson because it's not going anywhere. But, but you'll learn that as you go along as well. And, and again, there's, there's just a lot of things that are, uh, 
There's no one set rule, hard set rule, that this is the way you got to do it. You got to be flexible. That's the thing you're going to learn in teaching Bible studies. You have to be very flexible. And it's okay. It's okay. And, and that information right there is so vital. Uh, thank you for sharing that about the friendship connection. You see, yeah. after you teach the Bible study, then that extra time, yeah. see, see, they know what to expect on the Bible study. One hour is finished. But that extra time is yeah. relationship building time. And that is such a vital thing. Um, when you build friendships, uh, and it's a very true, heartfelt friendship that we're trying to build with people uh, there's a connection uh, I don't just go out and listen to strangers give me advice on how to live or how to walk how to serve God or how to um, you know just live life on my for my job or what have you uh, I listen more to friends because I trust them and you're building a friendship in this Bible study relationship and that's that's very vital uh, thank you, Brother Ayers, for sharing that. Uh, the next question is, should I have a Bible study myself before giving one? And what are the qualifications for uh, giving a Bible study? Um, I think it would be very good, uh, very helpful for you to be taught a Bible study first. And uh, that's something we could even do here at the church, maybe even on a Wednesday night, uh, maybe go through the Bible study and let you hear what actually the information is all about. Uh, basically, these longer Bible studies, the 10 lessons and then the 12 lessons, uh, gives you more time to build relationship. If people are willing to do that, they just need to know up front, this is how long it's going to go. And flexibility, what Brother Ayers was saying, is sometimes they might have something come up. You yeah. can't do it. That's fine. Uh, just keep contact with them and can keep connection with them and yeah. keep their friendship. Um, there's going to be times they'll, through that friendship they'll call you for prayer. They need prayer. Mm -hmm. It's a powerful, powerful thing in Bible studies to build that friendship. But as far as uh, do I need to have one taught, I think that would be very good. Very good. Gives you an understanding of what happens in a Bible study. Um, and what qualifications for giving a Bible study? Well, some of the qualifications is uh, repent of your sins, be baptized in Jesus' name, be filled with the Holy Ghost, and the Lord will give you... Here, I, and this goes down into some other questions here, but some of the questions are in the thoughts of how, you know, how do I get the boldness to be able to teach this? Some people feel like they are not capable of doing it. Well, because of fear, for one thing. Uh, another thing is, uh, in, in fear, we're afraid that someone's going to ask us a question we don't know. Yeah. Well, trust me. Me and Brother Ayers have taught Bible studies, and we've been asked questions that we didn't know. We didn't know but I always let people know up front I don't know the answer, but I will find the answer and we'll discuss it together and learn together. Um, people appreciate that honesty. We don't know all things. We won't know all things until we get to heaven. <laughs> but we do have a knowledge of things uh, that we've learned through the years, all of us. And it's something very important not to be fearful of teaching Bible study. But yet God will give you the words. 
yeah. with the Holy Ghost, he will give you the words to be able to speak on those things. Uh, to not fear, not fear. Uh, the fourth question is, is there a specific personality that you feel does better with teaching Bible studies? For example, do introverts do as well as extroverts? Brother Ayers? Um, it's easier for an extrovert to give a Bible study than an introvert. I'm an introvert. Um, introverts think totally differently than extroverts. Um, and it's been proven that extroverts, uh, they gain their energy from others, from being in crowds. Mm -hmm. That's where they get pumped up. That's where they get their energy boost. Introverts are the ex exactly the opposite. Introverts get their energy being alone, their downtime. If it's reading a book, if it's fishing by themselves, whatever, it's, it's something that they do by themselves. That's where they recharge. So you're coming from two different vantage points completely. Um, extroverts, they love that. And my wife's an extrovert. She never meets a stranger. She, she'll walk up to people she's never met before and strike up a conversation like she's known them her whole life. I can't do that. That's not me. Um, so is it easier for extroverts to give a Bible study than introverts? Yes, but it doesn't exclude introverts. Right. I'm an introvert, but I've given home Bible studies. I've gone into people's homes and scared to death, but I've done it. I've had them come to my house, and we've done it. You can't let what you would like to use as an excuse be really an excuse because it's not. You can overcome that. I had to do a lot of praying. Let me just say that. Um, I had to overcome a lot of that anxiety and a lot of that angst because of my introvert tendency, but God helped me. And so if, if, that's your, if that's where you're coming from, if you're coming from that introvert side, don't let that be an excuse that you use to validate you're not, be, not participating because you can overcome that with God's help. Um, do I still feel, I, I'm still an introvert, trust me. Um, getting up here and, and teaching on Sundays, I'm still shaking in the morning when I get up here and stand in front of you. Believe it or not, I am. Uh, I got the stuff going on the inside and the butterflies and stuff until the anointing hits. Right. When the anointing gets a hold of you, mm -hmm. it's a totally different story. Right. I could talk to 10,000 people and it wouldn't bother me when the Holy Ghost hits me and, the, and that kicks in, it's, it's over. No problems. You can do anything through Christ. Not on your own, but through Christ, you can do it. He makes the difference. And if you're willing to give the time to prayer and letting God change you and help you with that, he'll do it. And he'll help you overcome those deficiencies that you feel. Um, but again, it takes a lot of prayer. It took a lot of prayer for me. It still does. Um, but with God's help, you can do it. It is doable. Yeah. Absolutely. And uh, uh, I don't know. I just, it's, it's so rewarding, too, when you actually do that. It, it helps you kind of break free from a lot of that. I'm, I'm a lot better, let's just say I'm a lot better now than I used to be. Mm -hmm. But it's been because of God's help.
Well, as you look up here and look at us, we're two introverts, <laughs> and we're teaching Bible studies, yeah. so anybody can do it, anybody can do it. So I will say that um, experience changes a lot of the things. It, it, it comes down to we're fearful in ourselves, but when you begin to see the results of a Bible study that you taught, changing, and yes, yeah. you're, you're going to make mistakes, we make yeah. mistakes. Yeah. Um, Sometimes we, we might say things that don't, and I've thought, wow, I can't believe it came out that way. And, <laughs> but it's not really about ourselves. Through experience, you get more confidence yeah. and you feel more comfortable with it. Uh, it's like, okay, I'm an introvert and I've overcome that in a lot of ways. I'm a, uh, I, uh, I'm a recovering introvert <laughs> that's a good way to put it yeah um, but I'm still an introvert in a lot of ways like brother Ayers said but um, after teaching it you get more comfortable like when I stand in the pulpit now when I first started preaching trust me I shook my knees knocked I think they heard it knocking <laughs> uh, but as I teach and I preach I feel a whole lot more comfortable with that and things flow a lot more smoothly, not always, but for the most part. But through the experience of teaching Bible studies, you will be able to teach it and look forward to it and be excited about it, especially the results. And I, I think one thing that, and I don't know if we have it in the questions here, I think I was going to kind of roundabout touch on that, but the Bible studies that I've taught, I can look back at the people that are living for God today. And I'm sure Brother Ayers can do the same. Um, I, I taught a Bible study, uh, and there is a pastor's wife today. Uh, I've taught Bible studies. Other people have given their life to the Lord, repented, baptized, and filled with the Holy Ghost. Uh, some people that are not actually here in this congregation that are doing things in other areas that the Lord has led them to. Um, but it's exciting to be able to see what a Bible study did in their life. But as we reach out to people, this is one thing I feel very vital to winning people to the Lord with Bible studies, is we're trusting the Word of God and implanting the seed, Brother, Brother Tucker, in their heart, and yeah. it's growing. If we just go out and win souls, yeah, well, they can be saved. They come and hear the preaching. They come and hear the teaching. That's planting seed in them for them to grow. But winning a soul, seeing them repent of their sins, being baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, and being filled with the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues, you've laid a foundation of the Word of God in their heart. And chances are that they will be more stable more able to walk with God because they have the word and the foundation of the word in their heart. So that is so important in the process of winning souls to Christ, is that planting of a foundation of the word of God in their life. And that's very, very important. Um, how do I prepare to give a Bible study? Um, course Brother Ayers talked about you know prayer anything we do we teach we preach we reach out to somebody 
We teach Bible study, Sunday school teachers. Most vital thing, yeah. first of all, is to pray and ask God to give you the word. And then as Brother Ayers was saying, when that anointing begins to flow, God begins to put words there to yeah. speak to them that are vital for that time, that time in their life. And uh, that's basically more than anything is to pray and read the word of God, to know the word of God. Plant the word in our hearts uh, so that we know it. Yeah. Uh, the fifth question here is how do you know when someone is ready to hear a whole Bible study or just needs prayer? I'll let Brother Ayers uh, comment on that. Again, I think it comes down to uh, it's, it's mainly us uh, being sensitive to the Holy Ghost because we don't know a lot of times what's going on in the life of people. Um, and, and when you're trying to give them a Bible study, um, again, you don't know necessarily what, what they've experienced, what they've been through, but that's where the Holy Ghost comes in. That's where being sensitive to, to feeling after the Spirit of God and how God directs you in that. Um, there have been times uh, when I've taught Bible studies um, we didn't even get to the lesson because they had a need when they came and that's what we talked about. That's what we dealt with. And that's the way it needs to be. Mm-hmm. Again, I could, have, I could have just ignored that and gone on and tried to teach a lesson, but that wouldn't have done any good to anybody because that's not what God wanted at that point. He wanted me to minister to the individual to whatever the need was that they were having at the time. Mm-hmm. And, and again, that, that's not saying anything about me. That's just me putting myself in a position of being sensitive to what God wants. And that's all you've got to do. It, it, there's nothing spooky about it, nothing, you know, fantastic. It's just simply being available to God. And you do that in prayer. You, honestly, you do that in, in just being prayerful. And, and every time, uh, just prior to, to our meeting, maybe half an hour before the meeting, uh, they, they would come for the meeting. I would always be praying, God, I don't know what they need, but you do. And I've got my lesson ready. I'm, I'm ready to teach it, but this is not what they need. I want to give them what they need, so you help me know what I need to do. And if you, if you pray that, and you pray that sincerely, God will step in every time. He will do it. It doesn't matter who you are. Because that's the heart of God. That's the will of God. And if you're just honest with him and just say, God, I don't know what I'm doing here, you know, and I really need your help, he's going to give you help. He will do that. Um, I think that was probably one of the greatest lessons that I learned in teaching home Bible studies. Mm-hmm. Was the truth in that, that God's whatever you just ask me and I'll give it to you. And I've never forgotten that. And it's the truth every time. For whatever, it's, it's valuable in, in our relationships, in our, in our church services even. It's vital for us. Mm-hmm. And it's something you can actually learn a lot about if you teach a Bible study. Because you're really putting yourself out there. But God's not going to leave you hanging. I promise you. I, give, I, I, I promise you. He will not leave you hanging. Mm-hmm. Very true. 
And as we talk about um, the Lord taking over, there's been times in Bible studies that I've taught that the Lord took over and it's his kingdom. It's his souls. We are his body. We are his people, his creation. And whatever God chooses to do, following in the spirit, we just step back and let him do it. Let him do it. Now, as we talk about uh, one hour, that's our plan. Mm-hmm. If God messes up the plan, it's not messed up. It's perfected. It's, it's right. <laughs> it's perfected. Now, take for instance in our church, we have a plan. We're going to have uh, our worship. We're going to have our singing. We're going to have our uh, preaching, our teaching, our offering time. That's our plan. We've got to have a plan before we come in. But if God comes in and just changes it all that's okay thank the lord for that yeah that's when lives are changed when god moves so yeah. we do have to be sensitive to that and uh, there's some be- been some beautiful times that the lord has broke in into a bible study and and the power of god began to move and what a beautiful thing that it was uh, there might have been something that they had prayed that day that they didn't have an answer to and asked God, God, please show me what I need to do. Show me direction. Give me an answer. And when we follow the Spirit, all of a sudden the Lord gives the answer in that Bible study. And what does that do to their faith? Their faith just shoots up because God heard their prayer and there was a word that was said that God gave them an answer to. Yeah. And uh, that, that also builds their foundation in trusting in God and in his word. The beautiful thing about the word of God is I want the word of God just as it is. I don't want to change it in any way. There's power in the word. And when God's word speaks to a heart and soul, it's going to do a work. It is a it is a powerful, powerful thing for a person's life. That seed that is planted and it grows. We don't have to help the word of God along. We just speak the word of God. There's enough power there in the word of God. It will do a work. His yeah. word will not come back void. It will do a work. Thank the Lord for that. Um, number six, how do you, you grow in boldness to give Bible studies? Uh, I think it goes back to what we answered here earlier, just through experience. Um, I know there's things that, as I look at my life from the earliest time of my life, which my wife laughs at me when I say, I remember what baby food tastes like. Now, you can believe that or not, but I do remember some things. I guess the things that I hated the most, I remember the most. <laughs> but I do remember way back a lot of things in my early childhood. And, um, but I also remember firsts in my life. The first time I, uh, we, we live around Table Rock Lake. Uh, before we started going to church, I, was, I got to church when I was 14, but 14 years old. But before we lived every weekend, uh, at my grandma's house or on the lake, camping, swimming, 
fishing. And I remember, um, just one example, I do remember uh, swimming in Tayrock Lake with a life jacket on. And I got to thinking, when I got to a certain age, I thought, I don't need this life jacket anymore. Uh, but that was a big first for me, to take that life jacket off and realizing that my mom wanted me to wear a life jacket. And I probably, maybe not so... I guess it was my method at that time because I knew she, what she would say. The answer is no. Do not take the life jacket <laughs> off. I just took it off and threw it up on the bank and went swimming. And that was a first. But while I was doing it, I was thinking, there's a lot of fear here. What if I sink? What if I can't get back up? But I found myself swimming, not too far from the shore, but... In time, as I swam more, I got further from the shore. I got further from the shore. Eventually, I swam from the bank all the way out to the buoys and then back. And experience. Experience. How do you get over boldness? I mean, or get the boldness, I should say, to teach a Bible study? You do it by taking the first step. And then the next step will be a little bit easier the next step will be a little bit easier the next step will be easier and you'll get to a point where our whole church is conditioned in our lives to teach bible studies and it will make a difference in our church uh, that's my thoughts on boldness it just comes through experience yeah. um, I don't know if you have anything to comment on that no I think I think that's that's the key is just to jump in you've got to You've got to come to a point. I mean, you can put it off and put it off, put it off. You can train and train and train and train and train. But until you, until you jump in and actually do it, you're going to be scared. And I, I wish there was an easier way that you could kind of just ease into it. But most of the time, you're not going to ease into it. You're going you're gonna to make excuses. You're going to find reasons why you can't do it. And you're going to keep doing that until you finally decide, you know what, I'm just going to do it. And you just jump in. Mm-hmm. Sink or swim, you're just going to jump in. And guess what? God's not going to let you sink. Right. Absolutely. You just, got to, you just got to finally man up and say, you know what, I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. And, and I struggled with that probably for a year. Uh, God was calling me to do that. And I, I fought it because it just was not easy for me. It was not something that I really was comfortable doing. And I fought it, and I fought it, and I fought it. And, and uh, you know, and I, then I started, well, okay, I'll, I'll just study it. You know, I'll study. So I studied the, and well, I'll study it again. So I study it again and making excuses. And, and, and finally, it just got to the point where I said, God, I've got to do this because you're hounding me, and you're not going to let me go until I do it. He made my life miserable. He literally did until I did it. Mm-hmm. And when I did it, it was the greatest thing that ever happened. Mm-hmm. And, and, but you just have to do it. You just have to commit mm-hmm. and jump in and do it. And that's the thing. You'll be amazed at times of a word that comes to you that you didn't even know was in there. Yep. In your mind, in your heart. Mm-hmm. But it's the Holy Ghost, as Brother Ayers was talking brings it to your memory and it comes out um, all the preaching and the teaching and all the personal Bible study and all the 
study and reading of the word yourself, all of those things you're building on a building in your life. And you might not realize all of that knowledge is in there, but it is. And God brings it out. Um, one thing I want to mention, um, as Brother Ayers was saying, just jump in and do it. Just come to me. I just want to make sure that I don't forget this. Is uh, if you set a certain time and day, it's so very important for us to make sure that we are available for that time and that day that you have it. Because if we do make excuses and put it off, uh, you're going to lose that opportunity. Uh, it would be better for the person that you're teaching Bible study to to have to change it than for you yeah. to change it. Now, I realize things come up. People yeah. are understanding, there's, there's no doubt. But yeah. do everything you can to be faithful to that date and time and be on time. Also, very, very important. Um, Number seven, for someone new to the church, what is your recommendation of a Bible for them? Um, sometimes, the, sometimes King James is really difficult. Um, it's, it's still difficult for me, especially when you're reading Romans. Uh, some of Paul's writings. He, he gets into some hairy stuff, and the way that it's written it's very difficult a lot of times to understand what, what Paul's trying to tell you. Um, so in, in some cases, um, I've, got, I've got probably six or seven different translations. And, but one that I go to uh, probably more so than a lot of the others is the New Living Translation. Um, it's, it, it's very good at explaining uh, sometimes some of the harder scriptures and it stays pretty true to, uh, uh, to to King James as far as the thought basic root thought but it does help a little bit more I think to to bring it down to an understandable level for, for most people to understand it it breaks it down without really distorting it and, and perverting it um, there's some other good ones uh, I also have the the uh, New King James, uh, which is also a good one. Um, it's there's still some hard readings and some of the other stuff that I think it doesn't really do enough to try to to bring out. But uh, for basic for basic reading, it's also a good one that you can use. Um, but there's there's a lot of good ones. Um, the Amplified Bible, that's a good one. Um, it it just it amplifies it, it like it says it builds the scripture and fills in a lot of it and helps explain that. So, I mean, there's a lot of different versions that you can use. Um, I just say, look around until you find one that you really can make connections with on that. But there's a lot of good ones out there. There really are. Um, what I try to do is, um, of course, I do recommend the King James Version. And there are times that that might be a little confusing. Mm -hmm. uh, but I, uh, if people find another translation that they can refer to, I always recommend them to go back to the King James and measure it up, too, uh, because other translations can give you a, a, a different perspective on that. But as far as looking at the Greek and the Hebrew, uh, the King James 
in my opinion, go or more uh, more compatible when you look at the understanding of the meaning of the words and the truth of the word. So, uh, and I there's times that I use different translations. There are some that you have to be real cautious with uh, and and search it out really good. But uh, if if they do use a translation to go back to the King James and get that uh, uh, understanding of what the King James is actually teaching. One thing that I feel, too, is like King James, when we're quoting scripture, um, a lot of times I get confused when there's other quotations given because my mind is so focused on the King James Version, I guess. But I do feel like we have to balance it out with the King James and make sure that it measures up. So when you're talking about that, it, it is very, very important. But uh, uh, the word of God is such a powerful word, such a powerful word, and we need the truth yeah. of the word of God. Um, number eight, what is the best book in the Bible for a new person to study? Um, I'll tell you what I did, and I feel like that it was very vital for me. Um, when I first got in church, I started reading Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Because I wanted to get the story and understanding of Christ. Uh, because when you look at the Old Testament, that was my first books to study as far as the Bible. And... I would recommend that to any new convert. Get the story of Christ, the Gospels of Christ. But when you get the story of Christ, then everything else you read, yeah. it all points back to the life of Christ anyway. Yeah. So when they read the Old Testament, it'll bring a better focus on Christ. When they read the epistles, it'll bring an understanding of Christ. It'll, when they get into the book of Revelation, it brings an understanding. So it brings it all together. But, but a lot of people... If they have never been in church, a lot of people still know something about Christ's life. Yeah. So that, that's my recommendation, Brother Eric. Yeah, I, I would say likewise. Um, um, and of course, whichever one you pick, or if you want to pick all of them, they, they, each one gives you a different take, if you will, on their experience with Christ. And... John may be a little more difficult because he deals a lot more with uh, higher spiritual concepts about God. So if you're starting off with maybe Luke would be a good one because uh, Luke is more uh, talking about the human side mm -hmm. uh, to make a connection. So uh, maybe Luke would be a good one to start with, um, but definitely in the Gospels. Uh, You've you got to know who the central character of the whole Bible is because it's, it's all about Christ. And that brings you a good understanding of who it is that the whole Bible is trying to focus you on. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that's, that's where you got to start. Yeah. Uh, question nine, how do you get non-believers to come to church or a class? Um, I think that uh, comes down to what we've talked a little bit earlier is um, being a friend mm -hmm. to people and making that connection. Uh, here's the thing, being a friend comes out of your heart. It's not, you're not trying to trick someone into something. Let me put it this way. If you have 
if you have a million dollar gold nugget that you're going to give away to somebody, um, you're giving it because it's your heart to give it to them because you know it's going to benefit them and it's going to be a blessing to them and it's going to be something great. They're going to be excited. They're going to have joy, so, so to speak, because you're giving them something of great value. Um, I, I, we really have to look at the word of God as you're giving someone something of great value. You're giving someone something that's going to change their life. You're giving them something that's going to change their happiness. It's going to give them joy. It's going to give them peace. They're going to be excited about it when they really find this nugget of great price in their life. It's the word of God. And it's going to totally change their life. It's going to change their eternity. It's going to change their future. They can lay their head down and sleep at night and rest assured that if the Lord came, they would be ready to meet God. It's the word, the gospel. It's good news. It's a beautiful thing. It's good news. So how do you get people to church? Um, you have to look at it like, you know, you've got to befriend people and let them know, I care about you. I've got something of great value to show you. And uh, it's Jesus Christ. And it is a beautiful blessing to their lives. Uh, I know when I talk to people about coming to church, and even in the past, people that I've brought to church and they gave their life for the Lord, uh, to the Lord, um, I talked about the benefits of living for God. The benefits and a lot of people are just looking for love in this world and someone that cares about them, not a fake facade. Um, I, I believe that's one of the greatest ways to get people to church, also get them to a place of um, receiving a Bible study. Uh, it's because you care about them and they know that. You can tell when someone's I can tell when a used car salesman is trying to take me. <laughs> so my goal is to take him. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I know that a lot of times used car salesman says, and I know there's not a great analogy to compare with teaching a Bible study because we're not used car salesmen, but when a, when a car salesman tells me he's only going to make $50 on this, that's my quick comment that, why are you still in the business for That's all right. If you're only making $50, which I know that's not the case, uh, you know that their goal is, sometimes people don't trust salesmen. We're not salesmen. We are actually, we got it in our heart to help benefit people and bring them to Christ. Something's going to change their life. Something that they have been looking for all of their life. So in a roundabout way, I know that's a long ways around, but I think it really comes out of your heart to make connections with people and love people and befriend them. And the Bible says, you know, if you want to make friends, you got to be friendly. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, that's the best way to be a friend to somebody. you got to make yourself available to them. I, I would trust a friend that I have tried and I know that they're faithful and that they've been committed to me in good times and bad. I would trust them. And if a friend invited me to go somewhere, um, 
I would trust them because they're not there to hurt me. And that's, it's the same thing with church. Uh, I, I have a tough time going places, I guess, goes back to the introvert part of uh, going somewhere that, that I haven't trusted being there. It's a different place. I, it's a new place. Until I find out that people care. And people are not. And, and that's the th- beautiful thing about Landmark. People care. Yes, they do. And they're friendly. And it's a family uh, situation here. Thank the Lord for that. Keep Amen. being friendly. Keep inviting people to church. And the last question here, how long should you wait to ask someone you recently met about a Bible study? I think that's um, that could best be answered by just saying um, the best way to do that is to ask God to make an opening, to make an avenue of of access to the individual. Um, Again, we don't know we don't know what's going on in other people's lives. We don't. Sometimes we don't even know what's going on in our own. So, um, but God does know. He knows, and God can actually make an opening for you if you ask Him to. The thing I think that we've got to remember about all of this is that it's not on us. It's not us. The important thing is God. He's the, he's the qualifying and the quantifying factor in, in whether we're successful in doing this or not. It's God. It's, it's not me. I don't have all the answers. I don't, you know, I don't really know. But God does know, and he's willing to tell you. If, if you come to a situation where you're hesitant, you don't really know, ask God. God, make an opening. If, if you're an introvert, you're not going to make an opening because that's not your nature. You're going to have to have God make that opening for you. God, you're going to have to do something that lets me know I've got access right here and I can go in and I can ask him about this and I can talk to him about that or whatever. And he'll do that for you. Mm-hmm. I can't stress that enough. I'm telling you, God will do that. If you, if you take the step by faith, and, you're, and you, you really don't know what the answer is going to be. But if you take that step by faith, I'm telling you, God will meet you in that instant. He will. I, I can make that promise to you unafraid. He will do it. I guarantee it. Give it a try. Just try him. That's what God said. Try me. See if I won't do it. You know, try him out. Take him out for a test drive. I guarantee you, you'll be sold. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. That's it. We trust God. And um, his timing is always right. Yeah. Always. And sometimes we wonder why God waits. Because his timing is perfect. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we are excited when he does it quickly, answers prayer quickly. But his timing is perfect, whether it's quick or whether it takes time. Uh, but you will know. You will know when it's time to be able to talk to them about a Bible study. And as we talk about all of this, this is such a vital part of the kingdom of God, teaching Bible studies and showing someone the Word of God and letting the Word of God lead them instead of our own opinion lead them. And 
I realize that charts help, Bible studies help, and there are times that, that we've given Bible studies with just the Bible and yeah. seeing God make a difference in people's lives, just giving a testimony of what the Word of God will do. So as you venture out into this area of teaching Bible studies, trust me, God will make a way for you, and it will be an amazing thing. It'll build your faith when you realize that God has opened up the door and has spoke through you to reach somebody, and the end result of someone repenting of their sins and being filled with the Holy Ghost, being baptized in Jesus' name, is such a beautiful, exciting thing, and it will make you want to teach more. Uh, there's, uh, there, there are... Uh, pastors that have built churches to thousand people in Bible studies, yeah. um, and I know one of them, Brother Cornwell, my brother Johnson, um, Timothy, were, was able to talk to them at one point, and they were uh, talking about the Bible studies that they taught. Their churches were very large because they taught souls the Bible, the Word of God, and what a beautiful thing that it did. Um, but there were times that. They were teaching 15 Bibles at a, studies at a time. I realized they had a different time frame than a lot of people have. But even if you taught two or three in a week's time, you can do it. So thank you for listening. And I want to encourage you to venture out and just do it. Just a couple of things that we didn't mention, we didn't think about, but... <clears throat> The Search for Truth and Exploring God's Word is available digitally. So you can download it on your laptop, take your laptop, and teach the Bible study. It's available on DVDs. So if you have a DVD player, people are coming to your home or you're going to their home, it's available that way. And also now, both of these Bible studies are available to buy within a Bible. So now the headquarters, UPCI, has a search for truth Bible. So right in the middle of the Bible is the whole Bible study. And it's $30. And uh, then they have an Exploring God's Word Bible. So right in the middle of the Bible is the Exploring God's Word Bible study. So all you need is the Bible, actually. And if you wanted to purchase one of those Bibles for your friend that you're teaching a Bible study to, then that could be their first Bible, and they would have the Bible study right in there, and you could just go through it as, as you're teaching. You both have your Bibles open. Those are both King James Version. That's all they have available right now. But the Exploring God's Word Bible is only $20, and the Search for Truth Bible is $30. So that's a way to just wanted to give you a couple more options. So there's digital there's DVDs, and there's an actual Bible with the Bible study right in the middle of it. Okay, thank you. Can I make one more? Yep, I sure. want to make one more comment. I think it's um, when, we, when we teach home Bible studies, this is teaching. You're not preaching to them. And there's a difference between preaching and teaching, okay? Um, when the pastor gets up and he preaches... When a preacher is preaching, he is preaching for immediate results. He wants to see somebody make a change immediately. That's what preaching's geared toward. It's to make people 
think in that moment and make a decision and change. That's what preaching is about. Teaching is different. Teaching is long term. So when you teach home Bible studies, sometimes you get very fortunate and God is able to give you people that are hungry, they're ready to receive, and that home Bible study will transform them immediately. Not always. So you can't go basing your results on if you have immediate results or if you don't have. It's the Word of God. Yes. You're teaching it. It's for the long haul. Mm -hmm. You're putting something in them that's for the long haul. It's building them up over time. Mm -hmm. It's putting things into their lives over time. And the more you can do that, the more you're putting into them, the more they're getting the Word of God, a foundation built on that. For some people, that's what it takes before they're willing to do that. For others, they're already, they're already to that point. And they'll, so, so don't base, don't say I'm a failure because I've taught a home Bible study and nothing happened. Something happened. It may take a while down the road for it to be fulfilled. But that's what Paul said. Some people plant. Other people come along and they water what you've planted and then comes the increase mm. because God gives it. Not every time you teach home Bible study is somebody going to receive the Holy Ghost, okay? Mm. Just get that in your mind. That doesn't make you a failure. Right. I want you to know that. Don't get discouraged if you teach a Bible study and it doesn't look like anything happened. I guarantee you something's happened. Right. You've done what you're supposed to do. Mm. Let God worry about the rest of it. We can't save anybody. I can't save anybody. Don't get it in your mind that you've got to save the world. You can't save the world. That's God's job. Yeah. Ours is just to do what we can do. Absolutely. And, that's, and this is planting the seed. That's it. Somebody may come along later and water what you've planted. And in the proper time, God will give the increase. Okay? So don't get discouraged is my main thing. Don't get discouraged in this. Because you're planting seed, and that's never a failure. Right. Right. Absolutely. Right. That is very important. Very, very important. Thank you, Brother Ayers, for your comments, and uh, we appreciate that. And we're looking forward to watching our congregation start teaching Bible study. You can do it. God bless you.